My name is Wes. All right, direct question, kind of an easy question. How many of you want life to be happy and easy? Good. Good. (laughs) Me too. Second question might be a tad bit harder. Um, How many of you, if you're brutally honest, dug way deep in there? Um, How many of you be sad, maybe even mad at God if he said that this life might not be easy? Gentlemen, what if God said you could not watch the Broncos or the 49ers the rest of your life? I'd be so mad. All right, so I was on, I was Googling uh, happiness and Christianity earlier this week. I think it was Monday. And I basically just typed in happiness, Christianity, and of course, Yahoo Answers came down, you know, where all like the interesting figures post publicly their questions and you get the most interesting answers possible. A girl by the name of I Love Blueberry Muffins, that was her profile um, answer. She said, remember, I typed in, happiness in Christianity. She typed in, why is God so jealous, arrogant, angry, sadistic, and hypocritical? That's a very common theme uh, that non-Christians have of the Christian God. Um, And then I found a link on her profile to Richard Dawkins. Um, If you aren't familiar with him, he's one of the world's leading um, atheists. He's very influential. Pretty smart guy in some regards. Uh, Listen to this quote I found. He said that the God of the Bible, especially the Old Testament, is arguably the most unpleasant character in all of fiction. He's jealous and proud of it. A petty, unjust, unforgiving, control freak, a vindicative, bloodthirsty, ethnic cleanser, a misogynistic, homophobic, racist, infanticidal, genocidal, philicidal, pestilential, megalomaniacal, sadomasochistic, capriciously malevolent bully. That's what he says. Richard Dawkins. Um, and that's a very common idea of God, that he's just angry all the time, you know? So here's the big idea. What if I told you that God, that the one true God, is happy all of the time, no matter what? No matter what? Here's what my friend said. He said, God is happy. His happiness is an intrinsic part of who he is. He was happy in eternity past. He is happy now. He will be happy for all eternity. There never was a time when he was not happy. His happiness, like all his other attributes, is infinite and absolute. It is not subject to fluctuation. It can neither increase nor decrease. God did not attain his happiness, nor will he lose it. It's a simple part of his being, and it's been so from eternity past. He's happy right now because God is absolute, infinite, and eternal. His happiness is absolute, infinite, and eternal. God does not depend on anything or anything external to himself as a source of happiness. He does not even need to do anything to keep his happiness. God's happiness has no need of sustenance or maintenance. He is the God of perfect, absolute, and infinite happiness. That, that encouraged me, right? I don't know, maybe for some of us, like, maybe you've never heard that at all. Maybe that's kind of intriguing. Maybe it provokes something. Um, maybe for some of us, you're like, yeah, definitely not buying that. Right? Because after all, we look at the Bible and we see all sorts of passages where God is angry, where God is sad, where he's frustrated. We see the full spectrum of emotions right? when, when we look in the Bible with anything of an honest eye. Um, but what I want to talk about um, is that God isn't just a superhuman. See, usually when we're talking about God, we're thinking about how he relates with the world and how he relates with people, like his eminence. That's what some theologians call it, his eminence, how he relates with us. What we forget is what's called the transcendence, how God is altogether separate, distinct, different. He doesn't need us. 
sure things are going on in the world, but he, he doesn't, he's beyond, right? And one of his attributes and his transcendence, which is what we're talking about, is that he's happy all of the time. He's highly energetic. He never gets tired. He's upbeat. He has pleasure. Oh my gosh, pleasure. Forever. Type it in. All right, so what I want to do is I want to go through the Bible story and talk about how God is happy, right? And then somehow I want us to make that work to where we can figure out here in my Christian life, am I supposed to be happy all the time or am I supposed to suffer? Am I supposed to suffer like Eeyore? Am I supposed to be happy all the time like Tigger? What am I supposed to do? Or is that even the wrong question? You know what I mean? That's what we're going to talk about, happiness and suffering. And I think it might be kind of timely. For those of you who are new, we're growing as a church. Um, We're starting quite a few new things. Um, We need people Um, I think having just an inspiring view of a God who's happy all the time, I think it can help us. Uh, But these are the first four words of the Bible. For those of you who might not be aware, I think most of us are. Um, In the beginning, God. Now, there there are actually many, 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 many things we can can take from that right off the bat. Um, We see that before anything was, God was. He's eternal. Right? That's a distinction of the Christian God. He's eternal. But then that kind of begs the question, what was God doing? What was he doing for eternity before he created us? What was he doing? Did you know we can infer just from that that God was having a happy relationship with himself. He was enjoying himself. Did you know that that which is most beautiful and wonderful, God, he, he loves himself. He was enjoying himself. He was happy for all eternity past. Right? Now, some of you already know, you're like me. You're like, all right, I get it, but I want to make this practical. I want to make it practical. I want to make this practical. I demand practicality. Right? And that's good because I do too. Um, but sometimes we just have to sit back and enjoy God, like enjoy something about him. Isn't that crazy? To worship him, not just put out a good face, not just go to him when we need him, but to just worship him, something about him, right? And we can do that. We can do that with his happiness that never changes. Did y'all know that? That from eternity past, our one true God has been having a great time <laughs> forever. And I know some of you are still like, okay, but what, 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 what? Let's just soak in that. He's been happy forever. All right. But, and he created, and he created a good world. This is, this, I don't know if you guys, I heard this a couple years ago. This makes Christianity uh, different from just about every religious system that's ever existed. Um, he created the world uh, because he was happy. He wanted to create a happy world with happy people. I'm not using happy in this goofy sense, you know what I mean? Like, he genuinely wants it to be happy. He created happy, happy people. Can y'all do this with me? What would, a, what would a perfect, happy world look like? God created mankind in his own image. Everything was great in the way it was supposed to be. What, what, what would it be like? It's hard to even think about. Relationships working, nothing breaking, no anxiety. You hear things the way people want it to be heard. They hear you the way, I mean, just, I can't even imagine it. Everything was perfect, right? Happy God, happy people, happy world. Everything was fine. But as a good chunk of us know, but maybe some of us don't know, and I know some of our friends and family members don't know, what went wrong? All right, we can go, we can go ahead. 
Um, do you all remember this? Some, a lot of us are aware of it. Um, God essentially told man and woman to have a good time, to enjoy him, uh, but he made one rule for them. He said not to eat the apple. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed figs together and made coverings for themselves. All right. This can be described in, in a lot of ways. Um, but this is where a happy working relationship between God and man, man and each other, man and the world, it's all, it's all gone. It's nowhere near where it used to be. Um, some call it cosmic treason. From this point, man has declared war on God, right? And it doesn't really seem like it. I remember when I was, when, before I was a Christian, I was like, what the heck? All he did was eat an apple. He didn't kill anybody. You know what I mean? He wasn't intolerant of somebody. I mean, good grief. What's going on here? All he did was eat an apple. But you see, our God is so happy and magnificent and beautiful that when we do something that's against his will, that is very ugly. That is very um, disheartening to him. Um, It's an act of war against him. And I know that sounds crazy and intense, and it's like, oh my gosh, all he did was eat an apple. But that's how big and bad and awesome and magnificent our God is. All right, can we move forward, please? So I want to, what I want to do is, and see, I'm like anyone else in the world. I don't just like sit there on a day-to-day basis and I'm just like, oh God, you're so awesome. You're so happy. I'm so happy. Everything's working. It's wonderful. I'm just taking walks all day with you and it's, oh my gosh, it's perfect. It's the way it's supposed to be. I'm, I'm finding my happiness in you, God, and it is just wonderful. I don't do that. I'm nowhere near that on a day-to-day basis. Those who know me could tell you that. It's not like I'm some superstar. Uh, none of us are superstars. Um, but what, if we're not finding our happiness in God, what does that mean? Someone can answer if they want. No. All, right. All right, that's the proposal. If we're not finding our happiness in an eternal happy God, we're finding it in something else, right? Usually a good thing, right? But remember, we're still declaring war on God. We might be enjoying a good thing, but we still have our finger up in the air to God. So I want to talk about just some things, right, we go to for our happiness before God if we're not careful. And I am guilty of probably all of these. Um, But I want us to think through this, right? I'd be happy if, remember, hand up to God, I'd be happy if I could just have a good, stable job, money, and family, right? If I could have the American dream, if everything was just working, oh my gosh, if I got that job, oh my gosh, if I got that doctor job, teacher job, lawyer job, heck, if I got any job and I got money, if I had relational ease, if I had that person, then I would be happy. Let's think that through a little bit, though. What if, what if we did have all of that? What if we had the job, the girl, the husband, the wife, the money, the family. What if our relationships were easy? What if they just worked, right? But what if we still had our hand up to God, though? What if it's, <laughs> right? Besides the fact that it wouldn't work, it's kind of out of touch with reality. We can't, we can't take a good thing like a, like a person or a job and expect it to give us what only God can, right? We just can't do that. I was talking to a, seriously, this is, this is me. I was talking to this guy this week, and it reminded me of me. 
um, he was, um, he's a college student, and he was having trouble with his roommate. And um, basically, it was nothing unusual. They, they had some run-ins. They weren't getting along. They were kind of avoiding each other. They were taking offense, that sort of thing. Um, and he was talking to me, and he was like, yeah, I just, I, I can't, I can't stand this guy. I mean, he, he, he doesn't listen to me. He doesn't do what I say. Um, he won't hear me out. He won't, um, he's just so selfish is basically what he was, is what he was telling me. Um, and he's like, so yeah, I guess I'm just gonna, I guess I'm just gonna get through this semester, and then I'll go, you know, I'll go move in with somebody else, right? That's what this young man told me. Typical young man. And I was like, all right, so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. So, someone, he didn't treat you the way you wanted, so you haven't forgiven him, you're being divisive against a brother in the church, you're being a coward, and you're just going to move out. And I was like, so am I getting the whole picture here, friend? Right? What was this guy doing? He was suffocating in this idea that he'd be happy if there's relational ease. And because of that, he was avoiding what was right in front of him. Right? And that's the thing about it. We don't even realize it. We, we so desire these things that we don't, we, we don't do what from the outside looking at is obvious. You know what I mean? It was obvious. Just talk to him. Work it through. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard, right? Relationships are hard. More's coming. Yeah. But he didn't. He was suffocating in that. And I related with him when I was talking to him. I was like, dude, look, I understand, man. I mean, I'm like that too. But nonetheless, I got to point you to God here. I got to show God to you and how he wants you to handle this. You know what I mean? All right. One more thing. Um, I'd be happy if I could just look good and be seen as good, right? A lot of us, maybe, um, if, if people just saw me the way I wanted them to, if they, if, 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 I hope I'm looking good in front of them. Do, do I look good in front of them? Do they like me? Do they approve of me? Hopefully they think I'm attractive. It's like, it's like this default. It's, it's like obsessive. It's like this, you can't help but, but wonder what people are thinking about you. See, that's not good, right? Remember, the hands up to God this eternally happy, beautiful, wonderful God. Um, he's being ignored, and, and we're putting our value in how people are perceiving us. Do we see that? Right? I know this sounds like intense, right? Cause, but like that, that's self-centered. Do you see what I'm saying? It's all about me and how I'm coming across all the time, right? Um, what if God wants to save you from that? What if he doesn't want that for you? What if he's better than that? What if he's better than people approving of us? All right, let's go to another one. I want, you, I want us to think through this one. Some of us might not be here. Um, some of us are, uh, but a lot of our friends and family squarely in this one. I'd be happy. Heck, the world would be happy um, if I could just be open-minded and accepting of everyone, right? Do you all hear that on a day-to-day basis? I do. Accepting, tolerant, open-minded, right? Um, and see, like, like the other ones, it, it's good to be open-minded. We're, <laughs> we're called to, to love others and be compassionate and, and, and no matter what, to treat them with dignity and respect. Um, but, but like the other ones, we, we take it too far. We just take it way too far, right? We might be open-minded to everyone, but we're sure as heck close-minded to God, Right? 
Does that make sense? God can't tell me things. I'm going to do what works for me. I don't know. We need to get, I think sometimes we need to get better about that. Like, it's not about what works for me. It's about what works for God. You know, like, God, it's about you and what you want. It's not about me and what I want. It's very hard to say, but we need to get there. I want to talk about one thing. I know this is tough, what we're going through. I want to go through one more. And this one is, this one's the most sickening one of all. It's, I'd be happy if I could just be a really, really, really holy person. And then I could, I, I could be just good enough to where God really can't speak into my life. He really can't tell me what to do. Um, if I just go to church enough and I just read enough, maybe, heck, maybe if then I tithe, I might even fast every now and then. If I would just do these things, then I would be happy. Then I would be happy. Then everything would be fine. Then I'd be taken care of, right? Um, this is pretty common in our context, this idea, right? We have this inflated view of self that, that somehow I could be happy without needing God, right? And I know what some of you are thinking. That's what I think. What are you talking about? We are called to be holy. Yes, we are, but not to achieve our holiness. It's because we already have our holiness in Jesus. It's because we're already happy in Jesus. We already have everything we already need. That's why we try to be holy. We don't do it to get something. We do it because we already have it. Now, what, what do you think of what do you think of? Do you still think it's goofy when, when we talk about God and, and how he's happy? Do you still think that's goofy? He's happy all the time. Yes, he's angry. He's angry. He's sad in the way people do things. But at the same time, he's just happy all the time. Because he's God and he's separate and he's distinct and he doesn't rely on us and he doesn't need us. Right? Does this pump anyone up? Does this, maybe it still offends you. I don't know. He's happy. He's like a waterfall of infinite energy. It never stops no matter what. Right? Here's the most amazing thing. The very God who we war against and pretend doesn't exist, and we're like, all right, I'm open-minded, I'm tolerant, I'm fine, everything. No, the very God that we war against, right, this eternally happy God, he comes into the world and suffers for these people, right? That's the message we carry. That's the message we carry. An eternally happy God comes and suffers for us. Have you ever noticed that, 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 um, that, that moralism and superficial religion and, and self-righteousness, it never touches this. It never comes close to this. How an eternally happy God <laughs> comes into the world to take the punishment that these people deserve for warring against him. Right? Religion never touches that. There's no, there's no beauty involved. There's no amaze, the amazingness of God, the... the the ugliness of man, the, the magnificence of Jesus, the power of the new life we have in him. It never touches it, right? This is the message that we proclaim. He comes in Jesus. Who does he come for, right? Can we go there in our mind? That he comes for disgusting sinners, right? Because I think, I, I really do think, I could be wrong. I think if we really believe that he came for a disgusting sinner like us, like me, I don't think we'll have a hard time thinking that he could save anybody, if we really think that we're that bad, I don't think we'll, I don't think he'll have any trouble for a friend or family member, whoever who doesn't know God. I want to challenge us: go there in your mind, but don't just stop at how sinful you are. Get your eyes on how beautiful He is. That's what we have to do. We have to get our eyes on Him. We can't just navel gaze at us and our sin, right? We acknowledge it, we hate it, and we look to Jesus. We look to God, right? 
Now, what, but why, sometimes we, we forget the why. Why did he come? Why did he come? He came for us. Thank goodness. He came for us. Um, but he did it so that his name would be high, would be lifted high. It, it's for us, but it's about him. It's about God. It's not ultimately about you and me. Isn't that good news that it's not about me? I can worship a God who's not about me, who's about himself, right? Here, I want to read, read a few texts here. That God is all about himself, his glory, his awesomeness, his amazingness, his happiness. It's from the book of Isaiah. For my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory, I will not give to another. Right? You're going to overwhelm us with some Bible here for a second. Excuse me. I do this every now and then. Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, a book in the New Testament after Jesus came. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, to the praise of the glory of himself, of his grace. In Isaiah, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who has called my name, who I created for my glory. That's what God said about himself. He said, I made the whole, whole, the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah cling to me, declares the Lord, that they might be for me a people, a name, and a praise for my glory. In the Psalms, our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Yet he rescued them for his name's sake, that he might make known his great power. This is where it just gets weird how happy and all about God God is. Listen to this. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this purpose I raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. God let Pharaoh do what he wanted to do so that his name would be lifted high. That's crazy to me. I don't even know how that's possible. Later on, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host and all his free choices. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And Ezekiel, I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations. Right? This is just amazing to me, right? I'm hoping to overwhelm us, maybe even bug us a little bit, about how uh, God is all about himself, all about his glory. Because if we can accept that, we won't have as hard a time going, it's not about me. It's just not about me. It'll help us pursue true happiness, right? I, we, maybe you're like me. I can't stand this idea that um, if, if you want to be um, a non-religious person, pursue happiness. If you want to be a Christian, just pursue a dull life. Um, hopefully what we're seeing here is that um, our pursuit of God and our pursuit of happiness is the same thing. It's the exact same thing. There's no separation there, right? All right, we're going. But the hard part is this God who comes and saves us and rescues us, um, this happy God who comes uh, to save us and rescue us, he does call us to suffer in this life. And that's where a lot of us just fall off the train. We don't want that. Um, I don't want that <laughs> by nature. <laughs> um, we forget that the God who saves us uh, puts us in his family. He puts us on his team. 
right? Remember, we were going the wrong way, right? And God didn't save us and then go, all right, I'll keep going your way. No, he, he saved us and put us on his way, and now we're going his way, and that way hurts in this life. But part of what motivates us is what? Is that this is, this is momentary, right? This life is momentary. We're on our way. We're on our way to be with a happy God forever in a happy world with happy people. Um, and because of what Jesus did for us, that, that can open our eyes. It can motivate us on a day-to-day basis to look to, look to the future, to look, to look for what's going to be. All right, one more, sorry. In the next life, we're not going to be, there's not going to be a mixture of happiness and suffering. And, and, I, and I can't wait. Jesus will have destroyed everything, all sickness, sin, pain, all the communication problems. My back, I got hurt sleeping last night. I went to bed comfortable and I woke up in pain. What the heck? Like that won't happen in the next life. You, you know what I'm saying? Everything will be the way it's supposed to be. Right? Can we let this motivate us on a day-to-day basis? All right, one more. Sorry. All right. I'm doing, I'm doing this short. I'm doing this short. We need to remember, friends, that um, there are two kinds of people. Those who ignore and despise are one true happy God. They despise him. They ignore him. They don't want anything to do with him. They're open-minded. They're tolerant. Maybe that's you, right? There are two kinds of people. They ignore and despise the happy God. And then those, there are those who turn and trust in this one true happy God, in the rescuer who came for them in Jesus, who was crushed for them. I know this is uh, direct. I know this is, um, can be overwhelming. But sometimes we need the simplicity. We need to remember uh, how God, our Father, tells us the world works. There are some benefits. There are some benefits uh, for, for finding our happiness in God. We don't do it for the benefits, but there are some good benefits. Uh, we get to be with him forever. We get to be with him forever. We get to happily worship him forever in a, in a happy world. We get to have a physical and renewed body forever. God's going to remember, we're not going to go up to heaven and float. He's going to bring heaven down to earth. It's going to be a brand new world, and it's going to be awesome and amazing. We'll have physical bodies, physical new world. We'll be with our happy God forever. And, of course, we'll be in his immediate presence. I can't even imagine that. But there is a condition. (gasps) There's a condition. There's a condition to this. We have to to trust in Jesus and not ourselves, right? have to trust in Jesus and not ourselves. All right, I'm almost done, you guys. Did y'all hear about that? Um, did y'all hear about that? Uh, the girl in Johnson City, I think her name was Taylor Smith. She was in the news last week. She, um, I think she was 12 years old, and she died of complications to, I think it was pneumonia. I think is what it was. Um, and they found they found a letter that she'd written, and it was written to her future self, like I think it was her 22-year-old self. 
And it was crazy. This girl, I mean, she was so mature. I mean, it was like convicting to me how mature this girl was. Um, and basically she was, uh, you know, writing as if she's writing to her 22-year-old self. She was like, hey, 22-year-old self, how are you doing? You know, how's college? You know, how's, you know, how's, have you met so-and-so yet? Is he cute? You know, all this stuff. Um, but then the third thing she wrote was, how's your relationship with God going? How are you? Wait, let me make sure I say it right. Have you prayed? Have you worshipped? Read the Bible? Are you serving the Lord and his people? If not, why? Why not? I don't care what point in life you're at. He was mocked, beaten, tortured, and crucified for you. A sinless God, a sinless man. And I was like, oh my goodness. It's a 12-year-old girl. Right? How many of you, this 12-year-old girl is closer to God than you are? She needs God. She needed God at age 12 more than than you need her now, right? Let's learn. Let's learn what just a childlike faith and trust in Jesus and not ourself looks like. He covers the dirty of us, the dirtiest of us. He releases us from sin. He frees us. He gives us a new family. He gives us a new team. Listen, this is a place where anyone can come. I mean, all different kinds of people. You don't have to have it put together. But if, if you don't know Jesus, I would seriously beg and plead with you to put your trust in him. Please. He's better. I promise. He's better. Please, you must get to know this, this one true happy God. You must. <laughs> you must get to know him. He's wonderful. And lastly, the same goes for our brothers and sisters, please trust, cling to Jesus. Please. He's good. He comes for the worst of us. He sustains the worst of us. He meets us in our hypocrisy, in our worst moments, and he sustains us. So please, I ask and beg that you trust in him. So, so Legacy Church, do we, are we happy or do we suffer? What do we do? Legacy, what do we do? Are we happy or do we suffer? Um, in this life, it's both, and they're connected. They're kind of the same. It's going to be very hard. I'm not going to get into all the, com- the many sufferings that we have. Um, but in this life, it will be both. Excruciating sometimes. Um, but the suffering servant Jesus, the suffering happy servant Jesus, is with us to the end. He knows what we're going through. He went through it and infinitely worse, right, because of what we did to him. But remember... Please remember legacy, but forever that is not the case. There won't be a mixture of happiness and suffering. It'll just be pure happiness and pure joy and amazingness. Because Jesus paid the price for our warring against God, for our putting up a fake face. And he saved us and he made us his. And we're one with him. And we're in his family, right? Worship team wants to come up. Are they already up? No? Are they going around? Sorry. Um, I want us to pray, um, and then let's, uh, let's just see our happy God.